Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. So again, welcome to church. My name is Pastor Matthew Faree. Um, Christelle, my beautiful wife over here, uh, and myself lead this church. We've been leading this church for a little bit more than one year now. Uh, we took over this church from Pastor Quentin and Susan, who planted this church 16 years ago. We've been around for 15 of, that, of those 16 years, and uh, it's such a privilege to lead this church, to be here, to be uh, your, your pastor. For us, it's such a humbling uh, experience, and uh, we're so thankful for you guys. We really are. It, it really does mean a lot that you guys are here. And I, as I've said it before, the way that you guys can love us as pastors is come to church on a Sunday. You know, that's, 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 there's nothing more that ministers to us hearts and shows us that you guys love us when, uh, when you're here on a Sunday and when we do life together. So that's wonderful. So again, thank you for that. Um, so as Francis said, that we're, we're in the series called Life in the Spirit. So we're going to be preaching out of the, the book of uh, Romans 8, chapter 8. Uh, so it's a four-part series where there's going to be a number of us sharing out of this chapter but before I get started, I just wanted to share a short story from back in 2005. Uh, I was a student that had one year left uh, in my studies. I, I studied engineering, so I work in my day job as an engineer, engineering manager, and then also uh, we were pastoring in this church as well too, which is of course my passion. Uh, but I, I, was, um, I was finishing up my, uh, about to finish up my final year, I went over to the UK, to London, Specifically, I worked there for 10 weeks as a, you know, in kind of like informal jobs. I was working as a security guard in, in hotels and also um, uh, recording studios. I, I worked for a couple of weeks as a painter as well too. I was painting, um, I was painting uh, the changing rooms of, uh, of, the, um, uh, of, of hotels. And it was an incredible experience. I've got a newfound respect for those people, those uh, in, in those areas of, 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 um, of discipline. So that was just a wonderful experience. But the money that I made from, from that experience, I was going to use it with a couple of friends. We were going to finish up our, our studies and we were going to head off through Africa. We were going to do like this big round African trip. Uh, but fortunately, that didn't work out because I was then able to use that money to buy my beautiful wife's wedding ring instead. So we got a picture up behind me of uh, Christelle's ring. It's not a fancy ring. It's, it's, it, I think she, she likes it. She hasn't complained about it yet. She hasn't lost it. I know, um, uh, know Alta Gracia, she's got on her third ring already, Frederick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, um, so he's, Frederick's got special insurance uh, for, for that. Um, but Christelle's still got her original ring, so thank you, love, for that, taking good care of it. Uh, but this wedding ring really symbolizes a covenant, right? It's, it's a, as Christelle preached last Sunday about covenant, she didn't go to great depth uh, on the topic because that really is a, a sermon and even a series on its own. But the ring symbolizes covenant. And um, that ring is, is, is important. I carry one as well too. And it's symbolic for our commitment to each other. And Christelle preached on, on the fifth characteristic trait of God uh, last Sunday on the, the God's faithfulness, right? So this ring symbolizes my faithfulness to my beautiful wife. So uh, through, um, through uh, difficult times, uh, what was the, the vows that we made? Sorry, <laughs> for better and worse, 
for, for sickness and in health until death to us part. Yeah, I should remember that by heart. Um, and so those were the words that I committed in my, my faithfulness to Christelle. You know, that, that is God's character as we, as we heard. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. And so again, this sign is a covenant. And so God came and he, he gave a, a covenant to the people of Israel. Right? The first covenant was when, uh, when, he, when he brought about the law, uh, the Ten Commandments, the 613 laws at Mount Sinai. Right? He committed and he, and he had a covenant with his, with his people. Um, and, and as they were camped out at the foot of uh, Mount Sinai for a year, he brought about this covenant. Jesus came as the second covenant. The blood of Jesus was a covenant between God and man. It was an agreement to say that you know, when you commit your heart to Christ, you'll be in, in, in eternity, you'll be in heaven with me. And the Holy Spirit in the same breath was a seal to that covenant. Christelle actually prayed that now when we had our pre-service prayer. She prayed that, that the Holy Spirit be a seal to the covenant that we, uh, that we have with Christ Jesus. And so this is, this is symbolic. It's a symbolic, uh, symbolic is a symbol of, of God's covenant with us, the Holy Spirit. And Ezekiel says this so well in Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And it says that, and God speaks through Ezekiel, the prophet at this point. He says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, a heart that's alive, basically. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Interesting how he says at the end over there, I will put my spirit in you so that you are able to follow my decrees and my regulations, all right? So the spirit was required in order for us to be able to follow the regulations that God has placed for us, put in place for us. And without the, you know, so Ezekiel already, you know, many, many years before Christ came, already identified that God already spoke through Ezekiel at that point that we need the Spirit in order to be able to follow God's regulations. And so that's really what my message will be about today, kind of giving you the punchline already at the end of what this message will, all, uh, will be all about in that we need the Spirit in order to be able to follow God's decrees. Um, so many people have said that Romans 8 is probably the greatest chapter in the Bible. So they've said that if the Bible uh, was represented by a ring, you know, just as I've spoken, um, the book of Romans is the diamond on that ring. And then actually chapter 8 is the apex cut of the diamond of the Bible. All right, so the, so the Holy Spirit uh, is, the, is, is basically allows us as a believer to be enabling us to live a Christian life, all right? The key word, enable. The Holy Spirit enables us to be able to live the Christ-called life, Christ-follower life that we've been called to, all right? So without the Holy Spirit, it's an activator, it's a catalyst, it's a thing that just ignites us into our Christian walk. We cannot do this walk, we cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. And I'll get to that a bit more in depth uh, in my message. So again, the, the, um, nothing could be more positive than this to hear that in verse 1, we have no condemnation and ending in verse 39 out of chapter 8, 
that there is then no separation. That is a very, very positive statement. No condemnation, no separation. And it's in, this entire chapter is all about spiritual victory and eternal security that we have in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is chapter 8. We're going to break it up. We're going we're gonna to dive into some depth in this because it really is, as mentioned, the apex cut of the diamond of the Bible, as, as many have said. Key scriptures uh, within, this, uh, within this series uh, is going to be out of uh, verses 14 and 15. I'm just going to read it for you over here. For those who, have, uh, who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you have received does not make you slaves, very important, so that you live <clears throat> So that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you've received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by <clears throat> and by him we call Abba Father. Actually, um, Albert on on Friday night spoke to the men about this, about adoption into God's family and about sonship, and that he spoke about identity and he spoke about that. He asked us the question, saying, uh, "Asked us saying, if we had to summarize the Bible in a single word, what would it be?" And there was various answers. He consulted uh, Chat GPT as well too, and it gave a certain answer. But um, in, in in the end, that he said, "Well, the way he would summarize it is Father." All right, it's his Father. And so I think that is an important understanding that if He is our Father, we are His children. That is how we identify as Christ followers. We are sons and daughters of the living God, all right? So we are adopted into sonship as we accept Jesus Christ into our lives. So very important to, to know that. As mentioned, uh, we're going to be uh, focused on four different parts within this, uh, within this series. Uh, I'm covering Life in the Spirit. Uh, that's the title of my message and also the title of the series. We're going to hear about uh, the um, United in the Spirit, Hope in the Spirit, and Assurance in the Spirit. And so Christelle, Shettle, and uh, Justin will be covering those other three parts as well, too, as we unpack uh, Romans 8. And so really the goal of this, of this series is for us to get a fresh revelation of the victory and the security that we have in Christ Jesus a fresh revelation. That is what we want to attempt to achieve today, is that you get a fresh revelation of the victory and the security that we have in Christ Jesus. And therefore, we need to have a boldness and identify with a renewed hope along this journey as Christ followers. Extremely important. So, so chapter 8, really, this book of Romans is, is all about the Holy Spirit's impact on the believer. All right? It's all about the impact on the believer, extremely important. To really experience God and sense His presence, the Holy Spirit is key, all right? In order to be able to experience God and sense His presence, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Chapter 8 in, in Romans uh, shows that the Holy Spirit's job is to convince you and me um, and show you that nothing can separate us from the love of God, because the Spirit unites us with Christ Jesus and all that He has done. All right, so that's, that's really what the role of the Holy Spirit is, is to convince you and me we cannot do this life without Him. All right, so I'm going to read uh, out of Romans 8, verses 1 to 8 uh, this morning. So just to make sure we've got some, uh, some Bible text over here in, our, uh, in, in this preaching. So I'm going to be unpacking, um, unpacking verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 a little bit more for you this morning. Uh, but of course, uh, verses 5 to 8 are also extremely important. And kind of just summarizes a little bit of, of verses, um, or unpacks a bit more of verse 4, uh, which I'm about to read. So let, let's read together. 
Uh, turn to me with your Bibles. If you have your paperback Bible, open that. You'll see as well, too, uh, behind me, the words will be on the screen or open your phone as well. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, that's quite a mouthful. That is a very, very weighty piece of Scripture, which, again, I will be uh, sharing a bit more about. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. All right, let's take a moment to pray before we get uh, into the thick of things. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray, Father, that you will send your spirit to us right now as we hear from your word. I pray, Lord, that you will anoint my words and season it with salt this morning. I pray, Father, for receptive hearts. I pray for open ears, open eyes, open minds. I pray, Father, that you will speak to us this morning, that your spirit will, will rest upon us. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I wanted to just, again, highlight the fact that the law that I've just read over here, where it says that, um, that because uh, through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of, the, of sin and death, right? So the law is still very, very important, right? So when we speak about the law, it speaks about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Right, so I just want to just take a very short, and I'm, I'm going to do it injustice through this explanation, but it's just going to give you a bit of a, uh, just a short snippet of the law, uh, and that, you know, talking about the, the law and everything related to the Torah, that, that's like a whole new, like, couple of series, right? So again, I'm, I'm just doing it injustice by, by giving you this explanation, but I think it's important to make sure that you guys understand that the law is still extremely important and plays a significant role in our lives. And so what was the purpose of the, of the law, right? So as mentioned, that the Israelites came out of Egypt. They had kind of um, attached themselves to the traditions and the ways and the, and the cultural behaviors of, of another nation, and, and that being Egypt, right? So they still uh, loved the Lord. They still uh, shared uh, and did the Sabbath and a number of different things that, that the Jewish people did. But they kind of be distorted a little bit, right? So they had kind of adopted some different ways of doing things, idolizing certain things and, and so forth. So God really came to, um, to make Israel a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, right? So that was the main purpose of the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And it shows how God wanted the Jewish people to live, really. If, if you had to really break it down to the, the ABCs, he, just, he, he wanted to show them this is how you need to live, a new way of living, 
a, a, a people set apart for God, a righteous, holy group of people set apart for God. He wanted them to be distinguished from the rest of the, the people in the region and, the, and that world in which they lived in. They wanted, he wanted them to be different, all right? And so in order to do that, he needed to, to set a couple of ground rules, right? So yeah, in order to be able to be different, you need to be able to distinguish yourself differently by following a certain set of rules or, or laws in that time. And so Jesus was confronted in Matthew 22 by a prominent uh, Pharisee, and he, and he asked Jesus this question. He said that, Jesus, what is the most important law, the rule, commandment? And Jesus said that it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And like it, it is to love your neighbor as you love yourself, and in the same fashion, all right? So then you might be saying, well, okay, well, if that's the greatest law, what, what about the Ten Commandments, Matthew? Are those now, have they become obsolete? Are they redundant? And I say emphatically, no. That's, that, no, those, you know, the Ten Commandments are very much still applicable and very relevant. But what this, this commandment does, when we say that love the Lord your God with all your soul and all your heart and soul and mind, is in fact summarized. It's a summary of all the law, all the Ten Commandments. So if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you love your neighbor in the same way, you will, by default, follow the Ten Commandments. You know, love your, you know, you won't idolize other gods. You will put God first. You will uh, respect your parents. You will not commit adultery. You will not steal, not murder. All these things will come as a consequence if you love God and you love your neighbor, right? So, so again, the law is still very, very relevant, uh, in, in, or the Ten Commandments are very, very relevant still, uh, but again, it's all summarized through this one commandment in which Jesus was questioned on in, in the book of Matthew 22. All right, so just wanted to make that, you know, put that in place to make sure that we all are on the same page when it comes to the law. So I'm going to dive a bit into the, these four first ver- verses um, out of Romans 8 and to make sure that we um, understand it, because again, as I said, it is very weighty. When I, when I started preparing for this message, I phoned Justin, I said, hey man, this is like, whew, wow, it's a, it really is like pieces, I can understand why it's the apex cut of the diamond in the Bible. It really is uh, such an incredible, uh, I, I want to use, we'd had a steak over the last few days, so a juicy steak, right? It's really just something, will take some time to digest. And I actually want to suggest that you guys listen to this podcast uh, again later in the week if you've maybe missed something. All right, so verses 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, so this truth really uh, frees us to live the Christian life. All right, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, no condemnation. And so many times that we, we might feel as a Christian that we need to be performance-driven. We, we feel like we're on this performance treadmill trying to accept uh, or, or gain God's acceptance of us. You know, that's already been done. That is, you know, that's a done deal. So, in, so in, instead of trying to live a life of, of trying to win God's favor and His grace, you know, let's, let's rather accept the fact that you know, the Lord says that there is now no condemnation. There, you know, we don't have to try and win God's favor. That, that, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for us, the Holy Spirit is, that is enough. And so, um, so by, you know, so in us, in, instead of us trying to, again, seek God's favor, just accept the fact that the Holy Spirit is enough for us. It is enough. And that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus 
as we, as Francis read earlier, that as we, as we accept Christ in our lives, in John 15, it says that as we abide in the vine, as we find ourselves in Christ, we then can say that we associate ourselves with Christ, and then therefore there is no condemnation. Many Christ followers, many, many Christians uh, still live under this, uh, this a tremendous, a tremendous pressure of like, you know, life is not perfect, right? And there's many times there's guilt that comes across our lives when, when we don't live a so-called perfect life. Uh, we might feel that we don't live up to the standards and the expectations that God speaks about in His Word. You know, all these commandments, you're like, oh, Matthew, I'm failing in some of these areas. I'm, I'm struggling in these areas. But Jesus said that, there, or, that or through, through Paul that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And, and so, you know, Christ came to free us from this feeling of guilt, I just want to, I want to be praying for, for people at the end of the service. For those of you who are sitting here today, maybe feeling guilty about something in your life, that maybe something happened in the past, and you can't just, you can't let it go. You feel like there's this, there's a sense of guilt over you. You feel like there's this cloud, there's this like this loose uh, around your neck, just anytime being ready to be pulled. I want to pray for you to be freed from that today. It's important to know that that, um, that Christ came to die for these very things. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And so many times we feel, uh, you might be feeling guilty, and, and that has like a, a negative spiral effect. As you're feeling guilty, you're feeling like, okay, well, you can't live up to God's standards, and so therefore you start withdrawing from God. And when you start withdrawing from God, you become distanced from God. And, and that, that's so, you know, that nothing can be further than the truth than what God wants for you, in that He wants to be even closer to you uh, than, than ever before when you are facing times of tribulation and when you are struggling with certain things. And in Matthew 11, it says that, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. All right? So Jesus is inviting us to come closer to you. He's inviting us. There's an invitation of coming closer. Despite what you're going through, He says, Come. There's an open invitation for all those who are weary and burdensome. Come to me. Come rest in me. Come find yourself abiding in me and attach yourselves to the unforced rhythms of grace. And when you do that, you'll find yourself living in, in freedom. The Holy Spirit is there to bring freedom. Freedom from the guilt and sin and condemnation. The devil uses it as his playing ground. Now, there's many things that, that may happen in your life where you're like, oh, I feel a bit shameful about, and the devil will use that. He will continue to remind you about that and say, ah, oh, I don't know about that. You're a sinful being. I don't know. God doesn't love you. I don't know. Yeah, he, that is his weapon. Guilt is one of his, his weapons. And again, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, come to me, find rest in me. That is verse 1. Verses 2 read this piece over here. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. A whole new life in Christ Jesus has begun, has begun the moment you were justified. You were justified in Christ. When you gave your heart to Christ, you were justified. Of course, additional Bible teaching is required. I think that's important. 
We need to be able to <clears throat> find uh, ourselves in the Word, you know, enriching our, our knowledge. But it's important to know that you are justified. You know, you don't, you don't need to, you know, don't, don't feel like you're justified by having head knowledge and, and feel like you, it's important to know the Word. I think it's because you can use it in times when the devil uh, comes, you know, to attack you. You can use the Word as Jesus did when he was tempted in the, dev, in the desert for 40 days. That's important. But to know that it's not a requirement for justification to, to have the word, you know, to know the Bible from A, from a to Z, right? It's, it's knowing that you are justified as, you, as you've committed your life to Christ. And so, um, being, so being set free from the law of sin and death basically has put you on a new course with a new governing power in your life, right? The Holy Spirit gives you uh, the spiritual life. He gives you the power to pursue holiness, he gives you the power to pursue righteousness, and above all, love. All right, so I'm going to use this word quite often, is that the Holy Spirit empowers you. So what the, the law could not do is what the Holy Spirit came to do. Came to empower you to be able to live a righteous life, to live a life that is holy, and above all, fulfill the very most important commandment, to love God to love your neighbor. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's, <clears throat> let's, be, let's be real with each other. You know, I'm, we're, we're all living in the same world. To love God when you've maybe lost a child. Love God when you've lost a job. To love God when you've been praying for that house for many years. That's quite difficult. To love your neighbor when, when he's maybe backstabbed you. When a work colleague at work has taken, taken, the, um, um, taken the glory or the honor for work that maybe you have done, to love someone who doesn't love you is very, very, very difficult. And so the only way that we're going to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, and to love our neighbor can only be activated through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not possible any other way. Trust me, it is not possible any other way. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to do the commandment that God has given us, to love Him, to love our neighbor with our heart, soul, and mind. It's only possible through the Holy Spirit. We do not live a perfect life but we do live in stark contrast to the way that we used to live. Again, you might feel guilty about certain things. Again, we don't live a perfect life, but we do live in stark contrast to how we used to live before accepting Jesus Christ into our life and allowing the Holy Spirit to, uh, to operate in our lives. And so Jesus came to take this place of the law, right? He came to, uh, to replace the law and what the law could not do. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But the Holy Spirit allows us to be able to live a sustainable life, right? Key word, sustainable life, set apart for God, not to be able to succumb to the flesh, all right? You, you, like, you might find yourself in these apop- apocalyptic cycles in life. You're like wondering, why am I constantly in this, in this cycle of being with God, rejecting Him, accepting Him, rejecting Him? And it's kind of like you, you might find yourself in this in the cycle, and, um, but, but the Holy Spirit in your life allows you to live a sustainable life in Christ. 
so that you don't succumb to the flesh. The Holy Spirit living inside of us, you know, is like the new operating system in order to live a life that fulfills the one that God commands us to live, loving Him and loving others. Now, my children come to me every now and then with their iPads. They've got these very old iPads, Generation 4 uh, iPads, and, they, and they, every time there's a new app they want to download, and they say, Daddy, download it. We try and download it, and a message comes up. It says, your op- operating system, your iOS is outdated. <laughs> right? So the kids are like, oh. So I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. So we have to be saving up for, for new iPads. But in order for you to have new applications in your life, you need to have an updated operating system. You can't, have new, you can't apply new things in your life. I'm speaking to a couple of tech guys. I see the, the Indian guys who work for IKEA. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so and, and that's, that's, that's true, right? You, you can't, you know, if you, anyone who's got a phone or you know, iPhone or Android, whatever it is, you can't download new, new applications unless you have one of the latest operating systems on your phone, right? So if you want new applications in your life, if you want to have new, uh, you know, these applications that the Lord speaks about in, 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 you know, in the Ten Commandments, loving the Lord, loving God, like I told you guys, let, let's, let's be real with each other. It's difficult to love God sometimes. It's difficult to love your neighbor. But if you want those new applications in your life, if you want to be able to love God in the way that he, that he asks of us, if you want to be able to love your neighbor, you need to have the updated operating system in your life. Otherwise, you will not be able to have those new applications downloaded and, and, and working in your life. If you get the latest iOS, you need the Holy Spirit to operate inside of you. And it's impossible. It's impossible to be able to operate uh, <clears throat> and, and, and have old or new applications operating on an old operating system. It's not possible. It's not possible. Verses 3. Let's read together. For what the law was, was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin, excuse me, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned, he condemned sin in the flesh. All right, so the law, as I mentioned from before, Ten Commandments, has the power to tell us what to do. Right, so it tells us what to do, but it does not give us the power to do it. All right? This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. It's weak in the sense that it's impotent. The law is, is, is unable to do what, we, what it requires us to do. It's, it's an impossible. And again, there's nothing wrong with the law. It's, it's, again, as I mentioned, it's extremely important, still very relevant for this day and age. You know, all of those, all the Ten Commandments are very, very relevant in some some, um, some, you know, and many of many of the of countries' laws are based on this messianic law, right? There's, if you think about it, many, pretty much every country has you know, a penalty if you kill someone or if you steal and so forth. So, those laws are still very relevant. But the weakness was not in the teaching of this law, but because it's teaching, it teaches us points. Um, sorry, it's teaching points us into a very clear center of God's will, all right? A very clear center of God. But the weakness was in its inability to give us the power to obey what it requires of us, all right? This weakness is in its inability to give us the power to obey it. That's where the weakness of this law comes in. 
And so we, we are limited, right? As human beings, we, we're, we're human beings, we're weak, right? On, on a Friday night, Krista and myself, you know, we open up that bar of chocolate or that slab of chocolate. She's much better than what I am. But uh, she has one or two blocks. But man, that, that, that slab is finished by the time that movie is done. I am weak when it comes to that area. The, the flesh is weak. It's not able to, 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 uh, to be disciplined in, in the way it should be. And so in order for us to be able to live a life that God has called us to live, we need to have the Holy Spirit operating system in our life. It, in, in, it, it gives us the power and it, it enables us to live by the law that God has given us. All right, so very important. And it enables us and gives us the power to do so. And so God intervened and made provision for our sanctification through Jesus Christ. All right, so he was sufficient because he was the only sinless being in this world and had no sin. And so his death was basically there to be able to free us from our sin and death. And so we find that through the Spirit. And as mentioned uh, from the previous verse that um, that God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Very key word, likeness. So Jesus didn't die because of his sin, but he died because of the world's sin. He took the sin upon his shoulders, the world's sin upon his shoulders. He took our condemnation upon him. He died so that you and I can be operating in freedom under the Holy Spirit. Verses 4, let's, uh, let's uh, go through the last uh, verse over here. Uh, so, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live in accordance to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Hmm. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but live according to the Spirit. So, as I said, guys, you know, as, as Christians, we are still to follow, you know, the Ten Commandments, the those 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 laws, you know, they they are very they're very important, and we can't, you know, just say ah, you know, we can forget about that and just kind of live our own lives and do whatever we want. No, you know, they're there as a guidance for us to live a righteous life. You know, we still need head knowledge uh, to be able to understand what is right and wrong and what is what are the things that God wants us to live by. That's important. But in order to to apply them, the applicability. The application of it in our life, that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. That is where the Holy Spirit empowers us, is the catalyst, is the trigger in order for those laws uh, to, to, to uh, find themselves embedded within our life. And so it's important that we, that we understand that when we walk, walk, key word, walk according to the flesh, we, you know, we are not going to make it. We simply are not going to make this life. Our flesh is too weak. If we walk according to the Spirit, but we need to walk according to the Spirit. We need to walk according to the Spirit. And so what does that walking look like? I'm just going to unpack that as, as, I'm, as I'm about to wrap up uh, in a moment. So, band, you guys can start coming up. So walking to the Spirit means daily conduct. All right? So walking in the Spirit refers to our daily conduct in the way that we, that we live this life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to fulfill these Ten Commandments or the single commandment to love God and to love our neighbor. Not to have idol worship, to respect our parents, to be faithful to our spouse, to not steal, to not kill, all these things. 
And so to walk according to the Spirit is extremely important. And so without the Spirit, we're like a paraplegic, not able to take one step before the other. It's like, it's, you know, we're given, it's like the set of laws given to us is like giving it to, again, if I had to draw a, a resemblance, it would be giving it to a paraplegic and saying, now you walk, all right? No, it's giving those, you know, the Spirit allows us as paraplegics to walk in the Spirit. We, we as, as human beings are, 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 are wrought with, with, with shortcomings. We are fallible by human nature. We are we have shortcomings. We, we're human beings. But the Spirit allows us to walk in Him. And so I want to give you five key words this morning to practically describe how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? So bear with me. We're going to end now. I know it's warm. Thank you for paying attention. Really appreciate that. So the first word that I want to give you to be able to give you the power to walk in the Spirit is intentionality, right? We must be consciously aware of our own weaknesses and purposefully live yielded to the Lordship of Christ, right? So when we give our hearts to Christ, we declare Him Lord and Savior, right? So we very much are, are thankful for the time when we give our hearts to Christ, when we are saved, right? Our Lord and Savior, He saves us. But when we say that He is our Lord and Savior, Lordship, I mean, that's I'm not going to delve into the details of that. Again, that's another message on its own and a series on its own. But that's when we commit our lives to Christ. We're intentional about our lives. We yield to the Lord. We surrender our lives over to the Lord. There has to be an intentionality. There has to be a decision in your heart to say that I'm going to yield to the Lord. I'm going to say, that, Lord, you know, you are God over my life. And that's an important part. We're going to face many challenges that's going to stretch us, you know, but it's, but it's important to understand that when we yield and we made a decision for Christ, not only are we saved, but we've also made him Lord over our life. And so you might be sitting at your desk or driving, uh, you know, talking to others in your workplace, at home, discipling your children, communicating with your spouse, and, 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 you, and, you, and you must be consciously aware and dependent upon on the power of the Holy Spirit in, and, and making sure the Holy Spirit allows us to live a God-honoring life in a God-honoring way with all those different ways that I, that I just shared. It's so important to know that we cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit. Number two, continually, all right? Walking continually with the Holy Spirit at home, at work, at play, wherever it is. So there's a continuation. There's, as I mentioned, there has to be a sustainability in walking with the Holy Spirit, there has to you have to you have to walk uh, continually every day praying. So Albert also shared uh, at the men's uh, at the men's barbecue as well too when he did his devotion. He said that guys, you know, when you're in a time of, of need or in trouble or seeking wisdom, just take a moment to pray. He, he, he used this example. He said like you might be sitting before a meeting, going into a co- uh, into a discussion with a colleague. It might be a critical decision that you need to make around buying this house or, or purchasing shares in the stock market, or it might be that you're going into a crucial conversation with your spouse. I need to pray more often before talking to Christelle because we, <laughs> she, you know, I realize afterwards I'm, I'm the one who's apologizing mostly in my relationship. Uh, <clears throat> that's just how life is. And, um, but, you know, and there might be that you ask God for wisdom 
before talking to your children. Like, God, give me wisdom. You know, Adiemi spoke to me the other day and saying, hey, Matthew, I just need, I need prayer for wisdom uh, in, in my children. You know, how to manage, manage that. I'm like, okay. You know, just, and, and it's as simple as to just to be in that place of prayer. Saying, God, and it can be this simple. God, give me wisdom today how to manage my day. That you shine through me. That your love shine through me. That simple. And you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised in how often the Holy Spirit operates in your life. You might be like, oh, wow, that business deal worked out. Oh, that conversation went well. And if you reflect a little bit, you might think, oh, hang on a second. I think I, I did pray beforehand. The, oper- the Holy Spirit did operate through me during that conversation. Humility, humble, uh, again, yielding to the Spirit, submitting one's life, surrendering your life to the person of the Holy Spirit. Again, you know, we cannot do this by ourselves. We need to realize that we need to be humble enough to accept the Holy Spirit in our life so that we can do this life that we've been called to do and admit and confess uh, that our consistent need is for the Holy Spirit's help. Number four, being obedient uh, to God's law. Of course, uh, obeying the law and making sure that our hearts have this, this real clear commitment and meaningful, willing, joyfully, voluntary following the law that God has put out for us. And so not against... Uh, and so they're not in a sense of against his will, but really allowing the Holy Spirit to enable us to follow this law. It's really important that we, that we are obedient to his law prayerfully, right? As I've just said, that let's be praying daily, guys. As we just released Francis into this new ministry role, uh, it's not just him that's going to be praying for church. I know he's a, a prayer warrior, but it requires all of us to be praying on a daily basis. You know, in the mornings, evenings, whenever you do your devotional time, commit your time to prayer. Do it daily. You know, those who are doing the EHS course, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, you guys would have been reading in those, um, in the daily office book as well too, that each day, every day, throughout the day, that you pray. And just pray, just before, you know, you're going into that meeting in the morning, in your car as you stop at the parking lot, or you, before you open up your laptop to start the day, if you're working from a home office, pray. Say, Holy Spirit, come speak to me today. Allow me to operate under your will, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It can be that simple. Let's make sure that we're a praying church and we're participating in prayer. Okay, I'm about to wrap up, and as I think we mentioned, I think I may have mentioned that we're doing a communion service as well today. Uh, so can the guys who are doing, um, or doing the communion uh, offering, if you guys can come forward. But I want to wrap up with this, right? Again, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Again, verse number one. We are not to live the Christian life with a sense of guilt. Rather, we are motivated by grace. We're motivated by grace. I preached on this the second characteristic trait in our previous series on God's grace. The Spirit of God has set us free from the law of sin and death. The Spirit is now the operative, dominant, ruling force in our lives. This is reality. You do not have to pray for that. It's already happened. You just need to acknowledge it. What the law could not do, the Spirit of God is working out within us. All right. Fantastic, guys. So I really hope that this message spoke to you today. We hope that you guys realize that you don't have to be performance-driven. The Holy Spirit will guide you, will direct your paths, allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And I pray that you will, that you will, that you will realize that the Holy Spirit is able to activate within you this loving God and loving others. You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit operating in your life. Amen.